You're listening to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast with your host, Letitia Ringe, and this is episode number 18. When we understand that creativity isn't sustainable creativity, you know, isn't output on demand, it isn't all about production, it isn't all just about seeing the end result, we, there has to be this time for stillness and time for rest and time for editing and reflection and then letting things die and letting new things be born again. It's not always about the summer of creativity, about this the fruition and the abundance because we need to then move through the more yin phases through that autumn and through that winter to, to gather the richness and the depth to then give our creative projects the sustenance they need. So I just can't stress how important this is for creativity. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to episode number 18 on the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Letitia Ringe, and this podcast is designed to inspire, empower, and support you on the journey of uncovering your truth and purpose in the world. I am so excited to be introducing to you an incredible guest who has personally impacted my life and has been a major influence on my work today. And she is the one and only Claire Baker. Claire is a women's health coach and writer, creating more awareness around the menstrual cycle. She helps women harness their creative power and expression through understanding and reconnecting to their menstrual magic. Today, we're talking about her journey to doing the work she does today with the menstrual cycle. And we're also talking through Claire's advice for someone wanting to ignite their passion and purpose and find work that they love, enjoy, and are inspired by, as well as Claire walking us through the different seasons of the menstrual cycle, which I'm so excited to be sharing with you today. Claire has also written an incredible ebook called Adore Your Cycle, which is a resource that I recommend very highly to any woman I know who wants to understand more about their menstrual cycle. It is so good, guys. I still implement many of the suggestions that Claire makes in this book, and they were an absolute game changer in terms of my productivity and in really being able to deeply understand and harness my own creative powers, because that, my friends, is what our bodies are designed to do, to create. And that doesn't just mean create life. In this episode, we also discuss blogging, coaching, entrepreneurship, creativity, and how the menstrual cycle is connected to the lunar or moon cycle. Claire is the real deal, ladies. Her work is something you need to know about as a woman And she is making beautiful ground in getting the period conversation going. What I love about her work is that she looks at nutrition, movement, creativity, 
hormones, spirituality, self-care, emotions, mindset at all of the four different phases of our menstrual cycle. And, you know, I'm not sure why we're not talking about this more. All of us women are operating on a different hormonal cycle to our male counterparts. And yet we don't know very much about our own cycles. Everything is still being looked at through the lens of a 24-hour cycle that is only applicable to men. And this, my friends, is stopping you from really harnessing your full power as a woman. And that is why this work is so important. I cannot recommend it more. And I'm so excited to be sharing with you all Claire's wisdom today. This is not one to be missed. All right, let's dive into the episode with Claire Baker. Hi, Claire. Welcome to the Create a Life That is Beautiful podcast. Ah, Letitia, it is a joy. Thank you so much for having me on. No problems at all. I'm so excited to have you here. And to get us started, could you let our beautiful listeners know a little bit about who you are and what you're currently creating in the world today? Indeed. My name is Claire Baker and I work as a women's health coach and have done so uh, since 2013. And I am devoted to creating more awareness and consciousness and adoration for the menstrual cycle. And how, what I'm really interested in is how women can learn to really understand the shifting rhythm of their bodies and work with their own flow rather than work against it so that they can live the lives that they want to live and uh and as cliched as it sounds you know to really live their best life um to feel their best you know and to really come into a sense of wholeness within themselves and i i really believe that understanding the menstrual cycle is a gateway into really understanding who we are so that is what i'm currently creating in the world and the work that i do is one-on-one work working with clients I also teach courses and um, have ebooks and teach workshops in person and um, and yeah I like the diverse offering of the work that I get to do in the world with women Um, lots of things come under that umbrella of menstrual cycle awareness it's creativity and sexuality spirituality wellness nutrition movement um, business partnership you know romance it's it's everything. Everything comes under that umbrella for me. So it's, yeah, it's really the heart of everything that I'm doing right now. It's such a juicy area, isn't it? There's just so much to un- unpack there. I, I've i really, really loved your work and I've read your um, book, Adore Your Cycle, and I found it just incredible, so eye-opening and learning more about our my, well, my own menstrual cycle, but then also in relation to other women, it's just been such a powerful journey for me that's still unfolding, of course. And um, yeah, so I just really appreciate everything that you're sharing in relation to the menstrual cycle, because uh, as you would well know, and any of our listeners, uh, it's just not something that we hear many people speaking about, especially public. You're right. It's I mean, when I first started working with women on this work five or six years ago, it was, there was nothing out there. It was, 
it was a shock to me that as I began to explore it and research it for myself, I really wasn't finding anybody talking about women's health and speaking particularly, specifically, sorry, to the menstrual cycle, particularly around nutrition and movement. I was just shocked that we would uh, prescribe programs or ideas that we might give to somebody who doesn't have a menstrual cycle because we, the female body changes so much. So you're right. It is becoming more and more popular though. And the taboo is lifting and that's exciting. And I'm really yeah, inspired to to be able to play a part in that. Mm. So can we just uh, dial it back a little to an earlier time? How how did you even get involved in this work? Right. <sighs> so let's dial it right back to 2012 and I had what I call my quarter-life crisis. I turned... 25 the year prior and just been traveling and taking a bit of a break from work and just trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted to do and I landed back in Melbourne and was working in a job that I liked but I didn't really love it and I knew that I wanted to make a change but I wasn't sure what that was and I was making lots of other little changes in my life so I was practicing yoga more consistently and I wasn't binge drinking every weekend and I was being more mindful of the food that I was eating and I'd always been quite conscious of my health but I think it had always come from yeah wanting to be a certain number on the scales or trying to eat x amount of calories rather than actually wanting to really feel good and so yeah, there was just this really more mindful, loving shift in the way that I was taking care of myself and I was journaling more and just starting to figure out what I wanted to do and I was blo- started to blog and, yeah, it was a really, looking back now, it was a really lovely time of expansion and getting to know myself. Um, and at that, in that same period, I decided to stop taking the contraceptive pill. I'd been on it for 10 years. And as I was being conscious of gut health and taking toxic chemicals out of my home and out of my food, I just felt strange about taking this synthetic hormone every day. And so I I just stopped taking it and nothing happened in the sense that my cycle didn't come back. So I didn't bleed for an entire year post-pill, which I now know actually isn't that you know, isn't that um, uncommon, but at the time it was quite scary and I went deep, I went on this deep dive into everything menstrual cycle related because I had no idea what my body was designed to even do. I wasn't really sure what actually even happened at ovulation and when you're on the contraceptive pill, you don't actually ovulate. So it wasn't an experience that I had had. It wasn't a process my body had gone through for over a decade And I just went deep into understanding how I could better take care of myself in that year to give my body the space and time it needed to do what it's designed to do. Uh, And at the same time, yeah, learned so much about these different phases of the cycle, which was all new information to me and learning about the connection with the moon and getting to understand more about fertility. And when my cycle did return, and I, and I started bleeding again, I was just armed with so much information and began tracking right away because I was just so excited uh, to be able to put into practice everything that I'd learned. And 
then it really just snowballed from there. I was already coaching with women one-on-one by that point. And as I said, I, I couldn't believe that we weren't talking more about this. If I was working with a client and they were telling me that they couldn't understand why one week at the gym they could, you know, really work out hard and feel really great. And then the next week they just felt like lying in bed and eating chocolate and they were berating mm-hmm. themselves for not being consistent. Of course, my next question would always be, well, where are you at in your cycle? Because what I'm learning is X, Y, Z, and maybe this is because of that or maybe this is where you are. And it's extended into conversations around partnerships and it extended into conversations around business and creativity. Like I said, it it, it was everything. And, uh, yeah, my work with women has always been focused on self-care and focused on self-expression and you know taking care of ourselves so that we feel our best so that we can do our best work in the world and it still is it's just really now the menstrual cycle has become such a huge foundation for all of that because I've seen over these last years just what an impact it makes in a woman's life when she understands what's going on so really that's where it all started it was very much a personal uh personal exploration teamed then with yeah working one-on-one with women for for these last years Mm, I love that it it comes from your own personal journey or health journey and um and also from I, I can imagine actually well I've never had this I've never experienced it myself but um, not bleeding for a whole year after coming off the pill, I can just imagine how frightening that would be because, you know, we all expect to for it to come back, you know, even if it takes a couple of months, but for it not to be for a year, um, that I can just imagine how um, worried you might have been, but what a beautiful unfolding that's then had for you because you've just – that that was the catalyst for you really delving into all of this. And maybe that wouldn't have happened had you sort of got your period back within a couple of months, you might've just, you know, carried along and not had that um, beautiful learning that you got. Yeah, you're right. Exactly right. It's all was as it was meant to be. I mean, you should read my blog post from that year. They're just like (laughs) terrified. It was really (laughs) scary. Yeah, it was, it was. It was, it was, um, yeah, it was a little moment of, oh, God, what have I done? (laughs) Have I just completely, like, thrown off any chances of ever having children? Have I just totally screwed my body? What's going on? You know, yeah, it was. And then I was also diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome Mm. in that year. And, um yeah, you know, lots of scans and blood tests and it's, yeah, it's not nice. It's not nice. But like I said, it's not uncommon either. This is as many women are coming off the pill now for health reasons or because they do want to conceive or because they've just been on it for a really long time and they want to try coming off it and seeing what it's like to have a natural cycle. I hear these stories every single day. Yeah. Absolutely. And PCOS and, you know, endometriosis and ovarian cysts, you know, these are all um, seem to be very common conditions. So I'm personally, maybe it's because I've got endometriosis. So I um, am more aware when people are speaking about it, but it it does seem like something that's very um, prevalent in our society at the moment. And, but then also at the same time, um, not a lot of information on these conditions. 
Yes, you're right. It's very new. It's this very new territory for us, these new um, looking at, yeah, as you say, endometriosis, polycystic ovarian syndrome, uh, anything that is centred on hormones and hormonal imbalance and particularly for women, there's just not a great deal of research yet. Yet. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we're learning. We're learning. Absolutely. Yeah. And so how did you start blogging? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just, I mean, oh God, the blogging world has changed so much. But in, yeah, 2012, I was just obsessed with blogs. I mean, obsessed. And it was a different game then because if you had a blog, you'd blog almost every day. And so I'd just be on there every day at work reading all of these wellness blogs and creativity blogs and um, oh, I just loved it so much, this insight into other people's world. And as I said, I'd started journaling around that same time as well and I actually started working with a life coach that year too mm. and it was something that I shared with her, this like secret that I had that I wanted to start my own blog and she was just so encouraging and wonderful. And so I did. I started um, I started this little blog on WordPress, but I didn't understand how it all worked. So I started on the free version, which you know, was a boring conversation, but basically just <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't right. And I'm not technically very savvy at all. And so I then got a bit frustrated with it and then just and then just left it. And then um, she, oh, gosh, she has such a beautiful support to think back now actually, suggested that I just start perhaps with a Facebook page and see how that went. So that was fun because then I just started a Facebook page, a business page, and just started sharing like my smoothie recipe in the morning and what I was doing on the weekend at the market. I just started talking to people and asking them what they might like to hear me write about and so for quite a few months I just had this Facebook page where I was just getting to know this little community of maybe 100 people that I had on there mostly just friends and family and then yeah it was a few months into that then I think I built my confidence back up again and had some time and space to actually sit down and re-figure out how to start a blog it's so much easier now with platforms like Squarespace (laughs) yeah because trying to navigate WordPress Oh my god! I mean, it was just a nightmare. It was a nightmare, and I and I did it. You know, I did it by myself as well, which I'm quite proud of. But once I got it up and got it going, then it was just like wildfire. I was blogging three or four times a week, so consistent, just so many words. I loved it so much. The ah, oh, the feeling of pressing publish and writing something perhaps quite vulnerable and connecting with new people this was before I mean I had Instagram but it was it was social media was so different and getting comments on blog posts and then going over to their blog and reading more about them and then emailing back and forth it just opened up this whole world and yeah you meet like-minded people when you connect and share your truth and God, it was an exciting time. I, I miss that actually. Mm. Yeah, I feel like I've heard a lot of um, bloggers from that time. I say, I'd say pre two thousand and fourteen, talking about just sort of the glory days, how fun it was mm. in the beginning because uh, nobody really knew what they were doing, and everyone was just trying to figure it out and make it up as they went along, and mm. um, and and sort of um, it was a smaller community, I guess. So 
people knew more of each other um, than, yeah, I guess than it is today where it's, um, you know, everybody's on social media. So that's so interesting. And I've, I think I also picked up you, you know, your focus with self care and self expression. It's so interesting that, you know, you started off with your blogging, which is all, you know, self expression or it's a way to express oneself and um, how that did that. So did the interest in self care and self expression start after the blogging or before the blogging? Mm, good question. Yeah, so oh, look, it's it's you know, when you look back, you see these threads in your life. And so I studied uh well I studied nutrition and health coaching to do what I'm doing now, but I also studied at university. I studied visual arts and design. My intention was always to to create art and to um to teach art as well I always wanted to be an art teacher and so it's funny when you look back and think oh wow you know this was always there this need to create and to make things and to to teach others how to access their own creativity as well so whilst I think the blogging that chapter really for me opened up yeah, just a huge wells of creativity within me. And then I could really see that as I took better care of myself and felt, you know, into my best health, then my creativity soared. And when I felt crap and I hadn't been taking care of myself and I was stressed and burnt out or hungover, then <laughs> my creativity was was crap, you know, and I didn't have the resources there to, to really to give. So, yeah, I think both things are true. It was always there and then it really opened up once I just started to play with the blog. Oh, I love that when you look back and you know and you see those connections because I feel like there there's so much wisdom as well to be gained from um, looking on what we look like doing as a child and um, mm. what we might be doing now or what we had in mind, but it's just come about in a different form. So that's really cool. I love that. And you also mentioned that you had a life coach really early on, and so that's piqued my interest because uh, obviously we're both coaches, but. How did you at that time, like, had you known anyone else who had seen a life coach? How did you sort of make that decision? Hmm. Yeah. So the life coach I'm talking about, you'll probably know her, Tara Bliss. Oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, yeah, so this was yeah, a long time ago. And Tara, I have no idea how I even found Tara on Instagram. It's one of those things you're just like, how do I even, how did I even start following you? I have no idea. But I, but we were following each other on Instagram. She was living in Canada at the time. It was you know, snowboarding and I was like, what a cool life. And she was still a hairdresser then. And um, she had shared a couple of really great YouTube videos that I had really spoken to me about healing and taking time out for yourself and just this, you know, personal development journey. And one day she just posted a photo on Instagram saying, can I coach you? Do you want to be coached by me? You know, coaching like $50 a session or something like that or $50 a month, I think it was. And I just, yeah, sent her an email and said, great, let's do it. And I would love to. It was just this real little moment of why not? You know, I'd really connected with a few things she'd shared. I had no idea what it would be like to work with a life coach. I had no one in my life who <laughs> definitely nobody in my <laughs> life at that point who who would have been working with anybody and 
I was living with my my best friend at the time, and she just laughed. She just laughed so much, you know. It was just she just thought it was so funny that I was doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was such a catalyst for so many things in in my life. Yeah, her and I often have a little giggle about where it all sort of began because I was one of her very first clients, and and she helped to really shape what came next for me too. Oh, that's such a cool story. And and also, you know, that would have opened your eyes as well to the world of coaching generally. It did. And I saw in her, I saw myself as well. I really saw that, oh, I could do this. Like this is really helpful. I'm getting so much from this relationship. But but I and I can do this as well and I'm good at this and it's my natural state as well I I think that um what helps me as a coach is that it is this this natural encouragement it's something that I often hear from people who are considering to become coaches themselves is that they're kind of already doing this work with family and friends and have Mm -hmm. always been doing it just this giving advice or creating space for people good listeners able to yeah to encourage and um, yeah, and hold space for people, and I have always been able to do that. So yeah, I really did. Yeah, I'd see, I saw it, and I saw a lot of me and the way that she was guiding me, and it did it opened up the possibility that oh, that could be something that I could do. I'm not really loving this job, and even still, when even when I enrolled in my coaching certification. I still told myself that it was just going to be for friends and family, that I would just do this after work, on the side. I'd still stay in my role and I'd just do it, for you know, to be a nice friend, a family member. And, um, yeah, yeah, that didn't happen. (laughs) Oh, that's so interesting. So very quickly after you did the um, coaching course, did you know that this you wanted to, you know, start a business? Yes, I did very quickly, actually. In fact, I started seeing clients, I think I was only a quarter of the way through it when I started seeing pro bono clients. Mm -hmm. And at the six-month mark, I started seeing paid clients. And I think by the end of the year, I was fully booked. It was um, very quick. It happened very quickly. And it all happened in a very small space of time, you know, the blogging, doing the coaching certification, starting to – to write and to to see clients and I was still working um I still worked in another job for the first 18 months of setting up my coaching practice but it moved it moved quickly because it was true Mm. and how did you find that transition period while you're still working and you know setting up your business on the side it was perfect for me I'm not built to just jump like some people are and I always just think incredible and I hear stories about people who have left their full-time job and jumped straight into full-time self-employment. For me, it was very new. Both my parents have worked in government jobs my whole life. <laughs> I'd always had a salary. The idea of being self-employed wasn't something I was familiar with and I had – I mean, I'd studied a year of business at university, but that has given me no insight into actually how it is. <laughs> yeah. um, so it was all new to me. And while it suits my personality very much, I'm intro- very introverted and I also am very self-motivated, it was just such a new game getting to be able to structure my week and 
um, setting my own hours and my own boundaries. And yeah, I'm I'm really grateful that I, number one, had a job that was very flexible with me and that I could drop from five days to four days, four days to three days, et cetera, over that time period. And that I had that money coming in that wasn't reliant on this new blossoming bud of a business to support me because at the beginning, well, number one, you're not making anything at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And, and as you start making money, it's, it's so exciting. <laughs> and I love that I could just be in the joy of that rather than demanding this new coaching practice to pay my rent and pay for my life because I had my other job that could do that. Saying all of that, I mean, I really stripped back my expenses and I really pulled back on everything that I was spending and um, and I needed to do that too. And that was also just good practice for me as well to really start to look at my money because it was something that I had just been very good at sticking my head in the sand about. And so, God, it just changed my whole relationship with money. I mean, that's a huge conversation mm. just that I've sort of scraped the surface up there. But yeah, I loved having I loved having another income. I think that for me it really worked and it's something that I often recommend to other people who are considering making that shift is don't be ashamed, like not to be ashamed of having another source of income for as long as you need. I mean, mine was 18 months, but I always have always told myself in this journey that if I need to go back and get a job at any point, fine. There's no shame around doing that and it's not failure at all and actually I think it's very wise in a lot of instances to do it yeah and also it's a real it's a very supportive way to do it and also potentially you might decide that you want to stick with having maybe two jobs you know your your business and a job uh, because you enjoy it you might enjoy the variety yes yeah exactly right I think it's easy to get in this hierarchy of being you know, self-employment and being a hustler entrepreneur is better than being in a corporate role. And that's just not the case. It's whatever's true for you. And as you say, the truth for you could be that you do both. Yeah. Well, how confusing to our egos, though, when we make that those sorts of decisions, we don't have to be uh, boxed into just one label. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, that's scary, because that's part of our identity. But really, the the possibilities are endless. Oh, they are. They are. And it's, oh, my God, they're endless and they're uncertain, so uncertain. It's so cool possibility. Yeah. And, I mean, um, going into um, starting your own business, there's a lot of um, risk involved, but really just the same with any other job uh, where you're, you know, working f- for an employer, there's always the risk of that job as well, like something happening with that business or the position. So really both options in my um, view are just as risky as the other, but it's about how you want to be supported uh, in the present. I agree with you completely. And I see it all the time in my, my friends who are employed. There, there is a lot of instability and uncertainty and you're right. Nothing is ever set in stone on either path. Mm. So, Claire, would you mind now, I'd love to expand a little bit on, about the 
like different phases of the cycle and uh, you use often the seasons to explain them. And so I thought our listeners would really love to know what each of those are. Mm, Indeed. So the menstrual cycle can be looked at from lots of different perspectives and you can look at it from the more science perspective, looking at the follicular phase of the cycle, which is the lead up to ovulation and then you have the luteal phase which is from ovulation back to menstruation but as you said I I love using Mm -hmm. the seasons because the seasons are something that we all understand they shape our our reality and the world that we live in and the menstrual cycle moves through the same archetypal creative process of the seasons of the year so this death and rebirth cycle so we begin in menstruation this So the day one of your cycle is the very first day of full blood flow and your menstruation is connected to the winter. So winter for some women might begin a day or two before you begin to bleed, but it's really characterized by this stillness, um, you know, by death, by really letting go. It's a time of rest and when it's dark and cold outside, really all we want to do is just be cuddled up inside with a blanket and that's how many women tell me they feel at menstruation too and I know I definitely do is just this need to withdraw from the world and to be more introspective and nurturing with ourselves. So that's the winter of the cycle. As we then move out of menstruation and stop bleeding and hormones are beginning to rise again, we move into the inner spring. And this is that re-emergence. It's this blossoming back out into the world. And if we've paused at menstruation and we have rested, then this can feel, yeah, really wonderful to be moving back out of that period cave and being seen in the world again. So it can be quite a playful time. Those hormones are steadily increasing on the way up to ovulation. We can feel more physically energetic and libido can begin to increase. We might feel like seeing people again. And it's quite a linear, the hormonal increase here is very linear. And this lends itself to a more left brain approach with work. So we might feel more focused. Um, We might have, you know, cognitively we might be able to retain more information and be really engaged with work. So it can be quite a prolific time as well and starting to bring things to life. And our spring then moves into our summer. So menstruation and ovulation generally sit on opposite sides of the cycle. So at ovulation, this is when an egg is released from the ovaries and moves down the fallopian tubes towards the uterus in preparation for possible conception. And hormones are high right now. So we have this lovely um, boost of estrogen, testosterone, and we feel generally at ovulation, you know, quite supported hormonally. Everything I'm saying as well is also quite a blanket statement because <laughs> there are also some women who can feel quite depleted and tired of, at ovulation too. But generally hormones will support us to feel stronger, certainly to, have, to probably feel like our sex drive is getting a really nice spike. Our body is really wanting to create. It's wanting to create life. And this can also then apply to our creative projects, to work, to relationships. We might want to be with people and feel more extroverted, feel more loving and patient and nurturing and also feel quite physically attractive as well. 
estrogen is supporting us to really look and feel our best in the inner summer. And it is, it's a very fruitful and abundant phase of the cycle. This is what I would call the superwoman phase. If there is one part of the cycle where you can actually do it all, then this is it. But that, you know, needs to come to an end because we aren't built to be on all of the time. And so the gift then of the inner autumn is this coming back into ourselves. So we've gone from this inner summer, this very fruitful, abundant energy, and it is about our relationship with other people, to now hormone shifting up. And I said gift, but um, there may be many people listening who would disagree with me that the pre-menstruum <laughs> feels like a gift because hormones shift up a lot in this last phase of the cycle. We have um, an increase in progesterone because the body uh, is – hoping to support a potential pregnancy and that's progesterone's job so it's quite high but then estrogen dips because we haven't conceived then you know it dips down but then it comes back again and we kind of have this dance between estrogen and progesterone testosterone dips again and so while we had this lovely linear increase in the first half of the cycle now we're having this up and down before then a general decline on the way down to menstruation so it is a gift because Life isn't about always giving to others. It is important to check in with ourselves and to do a life edit and see, um, you know, what's working for us and what isn't working and where do we need to shift gears or where do we need to shift the trajectory of our lives? Are we heading in the direction we really want to be going in? And this is the gift of the inner autumn and it's what it allows us to do. So like the autumn outside as the leaves are falling from the tree, this is what we're doing too. We're shedding skin and this is when so much truth can bubble to the surface about our life. And sometimes that can feel really great and it might just come through us as intuitive nudges or maybe when we're journaling or just a thought in the shower. And sometimes it can come through as anger and as real frustration or premenstrual symptoms too and not wanting to be around other people and not quite knowing how to navigate that and needing to set new boundaries but perhaps that feeling really uncomfortable and having quite fiery conversations because we're unsure of how we're feeling because we feel so different to how we felt just a week ago in the inner summer. So the inner autumn is about preparing us for menstruation and for this letting go because we will bleed again and then we can stop and pause and reset and start again for the new cycle but we do need to edit, and so this is where the yeah the premenstruum gives us the gift of doing that of of letting go what isn't working in our lives and coming back into ourselves and just being so soft and tender with with ourselves before we then move back down again into the inner winter. Oh, there's just so like just as you're talking through that beautiful cycle, there's just so much relief that I feel in that natural ebb and flow and fluctuation, which I think for females, although we may not be aware of it until uh, our attention um, has been brought to it, that is really the natural, our natural rhythm. And so, and that rest, that action, and then that rest, you know, there's always, the, there's always the opposite. And so you spoke before about uh, working with the moon cycle. And so for someone who maybe doesn't have um, any sort of understanding about how the moon might connect with our own cycles, how do you sort of explain that? Sure. So the lunar cycle mirrors 
the menstrual cycle <laughs> completely. And while some women have experienced a longer cycle than 28, 29 days, the lunar cycle is always around 28 to 29, I think it's like 29 and a half sometimes days. Um, sure, there are men and women whose menstrual cycle is longer than that and that's also totally normal. But if we were to look at a menstrual cycle that is around that 28 to 30 day cycle, then yeah, it does. It does mirror it. And so even with longer cycles, it still does because it's still just this death and rebirth cycle. So with the lunar cycle, we could look at the new moon, which is um, you know, when there is no moon in the sky, it's dark, it's, it is a more quiet and introspective time, a time for setting intention but not necessarily taking big action on anything yet. If we were to think sort of pre-electricity, this would have been a time where communities would have probably stayed inside you wouldn't have begun a new journey and at a new moon it's it's dark it wouldn't have been particularly very social because there's no light in the sky and that mirrors menstruation so that is really thinking about the winter of the cycle is dark new beginning and certainly again a time for setting intention and getting insight but perhaps not yet for taking action and then as the moon waxes we move up through the first quarter moon that is like the spring of the cycle. It is this emergence and this blossoming and this waxing energy and that takes us right up to the full moon, which then ovulation is this like full, fruitful, whole expression of that inner summer. And, again, a very social time pre-electricity. The full moon would have been where we were having full moon parties, we were out connecting with other people, a very fertile time as well for women, and then uh, bringing that back down again as the moon then wanes and moves back down again towards the dark moon. That's the inner autumn of the cycle is this waning and coming back into ourselves. And so we see this death and rebirth cycle played out in the seasons of the year. We see it in the lunar cycle and it is built in into the female body as well. Oh, it's so fascinating. And I love that you also, through your work, draw the links between um, the you know cycle of creation or creativity because and uh, drawing on each different phase of the cycle in working on anything, any creative project, not just on creating life. It's so mm. fascinating. I, I just feel, I mean, how have you found working, like how has this changed your life, this knowledge? well I mean to just speak to the first part of your question around creativity when we understand that creativity isn't sustainable creativity you know isn't output on demand it isn't all about production it isn't all just about seeing the end result we there has to be this time for stillness and time for rest and time for editing and reflection and then letting things die and letting new things be born again. It's not always about the summer of creativity, about this, the fruition and the abundance because we need to then move through the more yin phases through that autumn and through that winter to, to gather the richness and the depth to then give our creative projects the sustenance they need. So I just can't stress how important this is for creativity and yeah how that's then impacted my life I mean it's completely changed the way that I live it's changed the way that I run my business 
has changed how I relate to other people. I see everything through the lens of not only the menstrual cycle, but but through this death and rebirth cycle. It helps me to understand my life on the whole as well, the the trajectory of my life. I can look back and see where this greater archetypal cycle has worked me over a number of years where I can see there has been this lovely summer of beautiful creative bounty and abundance and things really coming to life. And then, yeah, then 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 I've moved through an autumn maybe for a year or half a year where things are thrown into question and I feel more doubtful and I'm not sure what's going to come next. And then I move into another winter where I get more insights and ideas and then another spring. So it's like I can just see I can see how the, the cycle on a, on a monthly basis works me because it shifts how I work week to week and how I relate to people and how I schedule my, you know, yoga classes and how I, um, you know, schedule my life, sync my life with it on that more micro scale. But on the macro, I can see how this knowledge and wisdom is helps me to just navigate my life, understanding that there is a transience to every phase of my life. And whilst I might feel like I'm in a summer phase now, I know that there will be an autumn. And when it comes, it doesn't throw me into such despair <laughs> because I know this natural part of this questioning that we have to do and that there will be another spring and another summer and I, I just need to be with where I am. Yeah, that's there's, there's so much relief in that, knowing that the current season uh, will pass. I mean, if it's one that's particularly challenging, but then also – so much beauty in getting being able to get the most out of each season too and um and and also that's that anchor then to being present it is yeah it is because you can be present knowing that it will change and that's just life that's just the same life everything is transient nothing is permanent and when we can accept that then you can be fully present in what you're currently experiencing knowing it will change and that's okay Mm. oh it's I love this so much and yeah at the moment I'm uh I think I had mentioned that my favorite phase was spring but more recently I'm finding that it's summer (laughs) the superwoman time has been like really amazing Uh, but I also really love my uh, winter a lot Mm -hmm. because I feel I just the 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 least conflicted about what my truth is oh wow I love that I just want to underline that the least conflicted about what my truth is (laughs) yes yeah yeah I, I resonate with that I don't feel much conflict at all in my inner winter I, I can really hear that there is this exhale and yeah access to that deep soul knowing because the, the lights in the outer world are much <laughs> more dim and so you can just be with yourself and what I'm hearing is that you've given yourself the space mm. to actually be with that because when we don't do that, then the conflict can arise. But I think the conflict passes when you actually stop and you do press pause and you just you just be with where you are at menstruation. Is that Absolutely. would you say that's correct? Yeah, that that is correct. And I think it was uh, I used to dread menstruating um, and also my premenstrual phase because um, my symptoms would be pretty um, intense. But 
what I've now that I have my own business and I'm able to structure my days how I want want them to be and and I know and I've got all this information about the the seasons thanks to you and some others I can give myself that space but what was before when I was working I wasn't I had to still operate at the same level that I would every other day of my cycle and that caused so much conflict for me even just physically on my body during my uh well the lead up to my winter and also during you know the the most heavy days of uh, menstruating yes oh the the gift of being able to to structure your days is one I am just so privileged and grateful to have. And and even if, you know, for those listening who who aren't self-employed and aren't yet perhaps in a position to create such big changes around time and take take time out, even just giving yourself an hour, ten minutes in the morning or in an ev- in the evening when you are menstruating, and this probably will require you to be vulnerable and ask for help which is important um, to just be, to surrender and just let go and be so gentle and kind with yourself and have we place so much expectation on ourselves and to just release some of those in that, yeah, the end of the cycle particularly as well in that late autumn just before bleeding and when you're bleeding to just maybe skip the gym or say no to that dinner or get some help with, dropping the kids off to school or not being responsible for cooking dinner for a few nights and just see what happens. Mm. And I, I think the more women we have aware about what um, what their needs are at the different phases of their cycle, then hopefully that means the more um, men also become educated about the beautiful female cycle and then potentially the impact that will then have on businesses where people are working uh, in expecting you know people to maybe be during their summer putting in more action and energy but during their winter or the premenstrual phase um, you know dialing it back or doing just different activities during that time oh I mean, that's the dream. I'm salivating. Just <laughs> I, was, I thought, does that excite you, Claire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the vision I hold, absolutely. And I believe, yeah, I really do believe in it. I believe it's possible. Cool. So how can any, if there's a, a lovely lady listening right now who's feeling like, okay, I really don't. Um, I, I'm not aware of these four seasons, but I'd really like to get started. What would you recommend for that person? The first place to start is to awareness always and getting an idea of where you're at in your own cycle. So like I said earlier, day one is the first day of full flow blood and start to track. So I uh, I do a couple of things and everybody's different. There are so many apps out there now that you can use to start to track. I really like Clue, but there are plenty of others that you can use to start to track your cycle and just start to see how you feel and do you notice that your energy levels change or libido or the way you relate to other people or hair and skin, etc. Do you feel more spiritually connected at other times? I love to journal my cycle as well. That gives me a space to uh, to give more detail about 
how I'm feeling and to connect to the inner seasons in a more intimate way. And so I teach a course on that called Flow, which is a six-week course in how to journal your cycle. I, For those who are starting out, the very beginning on my website, I have a bunch of free resources on learning to understand your inner seasons, um, like a menstrual cycle 101 guide on understanding what's happening hormonally and a charting calendar so if you are particularly interested in how the menstrual cycle and the lunar cycle are connected I've got a calendar on my website that you can print off and start to use pen to paper to see how you your cycle um, lines up with the lunar cycle which is always fun to see I just start to play with that connection and yeah, that's where I would begin. My evil Godoya cycle would be the next step, which is a more in-depth exploration of each of the inner seasons and self-care practices to do at each time. And my most recent course, Radiate, is then an eight-week or deep dive into cyclic self-care and how we can really live in the truth of, of each phase of the cycle and show up in the world across diet, nutrition, movement um like just life management with each phase of the cycle Mm. yeah i can't recommend the adore your cycle book that you've written enough um like i said i just i think i just ate up every single page of that it was so wonderful (laughs) i was in tenerife at the time reading it all over about four days and just went back to London where I live and was so excited to implement so many of the amazing suggestions, like practical tips that Claire has in the book. They're so great. So yeah, I can't recommend that enough. Um, and, And Claire, so just going back to, you know, finding this work in your life, if you now reflect and maybe think of yourself when you've just finished high school. Um, Is there any advice that you would now give to your younger self knowing what you do today? I mean, I want to say come off the pill, but (laughs) then maybe this would never have, you know, these lessons and learnings may never have found me. So I won't say that because it's all as it was meant to be, but I would just say to be kinder to myself. I was so critical of myself and I still am at times. I'm not, Mm. God, I'm not perfect by any means. You know, it's still my, my inner critic is still very loud at times. And so, um, God, and this cycle work has really helped me to understand how how to navigate and negotiate with my inner critic as well and to be more kind to myself. So that's really what I would would say is to Mm. just be more gentle. Yeah, I love that you also acknowledge that the the inner critic is still strong at times. I know exactly what you mean. No matter how much work I've done on my own uh, mindset and understanding more about that inner mean girl or the ego, it's still you know always there and it flares up more at certain times. And um, but having that awareness. And, and I guess, yeah, the ability to navigate uh, how to get out of that state of mind when it's really driving you crazy is, yeah, it just makes all the difference. Yeah, it does. And as for if we have one of our listeners listening right now and they're, you know, sitting in a job or maybe they've got their own business as well, they're, they're just wherever they are 
in their life, they're not enjoying the path that they're currently on in terms of, you know, their contribution um, through their work. And they're wondering, how could I find something like you, Claire, that really lights you up and where you found a real passion? Hmm. Do what you love to do. (laughs) Yeah. Even just the tiniest little things, like spending more time on the weekend, just doing things that you enjoy, you've just got to follow what what lights you up. God, I, sometimes I say these things and I'm like, it just sounds so cliche, <laughs> but it, it's just the truth. You've got to do what brings you joy. And you might not be ready to leave that job right now, and that is fine. You don't have to, but you do need to take responsibility for your own joy and listening to what listening to those intuitive nudges, following what you're curious about, just just start doing that. That's all you have to do for now and the rest will, the pieces will line up, but you need to listen and then you need to act on it. Yeah, absolutely. Do what you love, love what you do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so simple, and yet um, it's not something that we're uh, trained to ask ourselves. So it's just a new journey of being able to do that. And Claire, mm-hmm. so I only have two more questions for you. These ones are a little bit different. Um, what uh, do you have, if any, any regular rituals or daily rituals that you like to do? Oh gosh. I feel like my whole life is a series of rituals sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do. I do, but they're different all the time. And, again, they, they're different according to what phase of my cycle I'm in or what day I'm on. So I move every day, every single day. That's that's a ritual of mine that I need to do every morning as soon as I wake up. I can't sit down to work before I've moved my body. But some days that particularly if I'm in my inner summer, for example, that would be like high intensity exercise um, or even a sweaty yoga class. But on slower days, it might just be some stretches on a bolster or just some dancing in my kitchen. So movement and and connection to myself through journaling, they are two things that I do every single morning um, is is journaling and moving my body. I then have lovely rituals of either making coffee or making hot cacao in the morning, which I love to do and sit down and maybe pull a couple of tarot oracle cards. Mm-hmm. That always feels like a really yummy ritual for me. And I would say that another favorite ritual on a more general basis is bath time. I just love having baths and filling my bath with rose petals and bath salts and having candles and music playing. Like that is just one of my, no matter what phase of my cycle I'm in, one of my favorite things to do for myself. Mm, yeah, I love a bath as well. I can have one every single day, which some people find weird, but I love it, especially mm. in London. Oh, me <laughs> oh. Uh, and in the morning, I'm all about a morning bath. <laughs> I just love it. There's a woman <laughs> in our apartment who every morning at 6 a.m., she is splish, sploshing and splashing <laughs> around her bath. <laughs> <laughs> love it, it always makes me smile. Uh, all right. Well, and the last question is just what's in store for Claire in 2018 as far as you know? <laughs> mm, well, I am 
<laughs> I'm going home to Australia for the first time in two years um, in May, which is exciting. So I'll be back for about six weeks, get to see my family. I'm running my first retreat in Dalesford, which I just cannot oh, wait for. So, so exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. That's, that's really wonderful. I'm just glad that a, a group of women wanted to come and sit with me for a few days and talk about periods. Yeah, it's lovely. So that, that will be really special. <laughs> and um, I'll be back then in, over in Europe and there'll be more workshops and things in, in Europe before the end of the year is out. I've got a couple of course ideas that are yeah, just bubbling away right now and there's always my greater intention that I'm always working on, which is getting my first book published, getting Adore Your Cycle into print mm. and having it in people's hands and on people's bookshelves and bedside tables. So that is, Aww. yeah, I'm really putting that out there to, to, to the universe. So this is the year that that manifests. Oh, so. I can't wait to see it on my own bedside <laughs> table. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, me too, me too, me too. Um, and we'll see. I'll leave, yeah, we'll leave, I will leave London for maybe a little while or a long while. I'm not sure, but there are other parts of Europe that are calling me at the moment. Um, um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see where I land. Mm, that's so exciting. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your wonderful wisdom about the menstrual cycle and you know cycles in general and about your experience to doing the wonderful work that you do in the world today I'm so appreciative for everything that you're creating and I can't wait to continue watching your journey unfold and seeing where it goes thank you so much and I yeah I really loved loved this chat you're a wonderful interviewer so there it is, my friends. Thank you so much to Claire for coming on the show. I have absolutely loved this conversation and I hope that you listening have as well and that you've really started to think about how you can harness your own creative power as a woman and that you also, of course, uh, look into exploring possibly Claire's Adore Your Cycle ebook or some of her other work. But really, guys, this knowledge has changed my life. And I was someone that was already connected in some ways to my cycle. And that was because of my diagnosis with um, endometriosis. I started to investigate that myself and I really uh, loved the Elisa Vitti, her uh, Flow Living, her app, and also her book, A Woman's Code, which was has been super helpful in connecting me to my cycle. Uh, and I've just really loved then expanding and deepening that knowledge with Claire's work and Adore Your Cycle, her ebook was really, really helpful for me um, in doing that. And I just wanted to give you an example. One of the things that I've learned through Claire's work is that if we don't take the time to properly rest and uh, restore and, um, you know, prepare for our winter, then you pay for it later in your cycle, in your summer. So I'll just give you an example, a recent example from my life. Um, as you know, I've just come back from a big trip in Australia 
And um, as I was traveling back from Australia, Sydney to London, I did that travel, that leg, the two um, flights that make up 24 hours of travel. And then you've got all of the, uh, you know, getting to and from the airports on top of that. So it's a, it's more than a day. And so I just did that through my inner winter. And I really, really have paid for how tired I was traveling throughout that period, not resting properly on the flight. Um, I've really paid for that in my summer. As I speak to you right now, I am actually in my summer, which for me is usually a time of um my peak extroversion. So I love to be around people. I love to be talking about my ideas. I'm so creatively inspired. You'll see me much more on Instagram and Facebook. Um, that's when I try to schedule most of my social events. Uh, I do, I just, I'm just out and about a lot more. But because I didn't or I wasn't able to take the time to properly rest and restore during my inner winter, and it was also during um, some of the um, most intense days of that period, I have, have not been able to experience the peak of my summer in this cycle. And that is something that Um, Claire has observed and speaks about in her book. And I just wanted to share that with you there. So how we um, use our energy during each of our different phases of our cycle will impact the other phases of our cycle. And this is a really just a key. I think it's really key to highlight because this is how life goes. You know, when we go too hard, during um, times when we really need rest, our body's calling for rest, when we're just going at it 100 miles an hour, we can't sustain that. And that's when we reach burnout, we get sick, uh, our bodies start to break down uh, because it's just not sustainable. And this I feel is what the um, learning about the, our menstrual cycles, our feminine cycles really teaches me. And it is, it mirrors the life cycle. You know, we, um, as a young person, then um, as we age and, you know, what the different energies we have throughout our life cycle. So this is super interesting. And I really encourage you all to start thinking more about um, your cycle and reconnecting to it and understanding and looking at it from a holistic point of view. How is this going to impact me? Not just today, but later on. Um, yeah, it's life changing guys. I hope you really have loved this episode. So you can also check out another course that I've done um, that Claire runs. It's called The Heartful Biz. And that is a heart-centered online uh, workshop that help, gives you a roadmap for creating your business um, using your, you know, of course, natural cycle. And um, it's just I found this really helpful for me when I was getting my business up and running to see how Claire and uh, she runs this with another woman named Vienda run their business. So I also really recommend that you check that out. And if you want to find out more about Claire's work, then please check out her website. It's called thisislifeblood.com and you can connect with Claire on Instagram at 
underscore Claire Baker underscore and Claire is spelt C-L-A-I-R-E. And you can also connect with her on Facebook at This Is Lifeblood. And you can find the show notes for this episode, which will include all the different things that Claire has recommended over at www.letitiaringe.com forward slash Claire Baker. Now, what's going on for me this week? Well, as you will know, if you've been following me on Instagram or uh, Facebook, I've just got back from Copenhagen in Denmark. And guys, I've got to say this city blew me away. I cannot believe the natural beauty that there is there, uh, particularly in Christiana. It was just this untamed wilderness that was so gorgeous to bike ride through. There's also the post-industrial area of Copenhagen, which was really cool to look at. Um, And um, the city itself is just really buzzing. It's beautiful. You've got all the canals there. Uh, Great food. I was able to get, you know, my sustainable plant-based foods, which I love. And there's a theme park, which was really fun and exciting to do that. But really, I loved just walking, bike riding, and uh, exploring the city. I think it should be high on your list if you are checking out Europe anytime soon. Um, And yeah, it was awesome. So basically, as I mentioned, I'm feeling really tired at the moment. And so what I'm going to do is just take a step back and take it easy this weekend and restore my energy so that I can, you know, go into my next phase, my autumn and, um, and then my winter and not experience hopefully too much pain, uh, or, you know, mood swings or all of the other symptoms that I do get if I push myself too much, um, during, my menstrual cycle. And so guys, I also wanted to just mention that as you might've seen or heard in um, other episodes or on my, through my newsletter or on social media, I am offering one-to-one life coaching. I have a particular focus, as you all know, of creating a life that you love, enjoy, and are inspired by. And a big part of that for me is about creating work that you love, enjoy, and are inspired by. And this is what I call discovering your purpose. And what I've come to realize in recent weeks is that the way that my approach differs from others when it comes to finding work that you love, enjoy, and are inspired by and discovering your purpose and showing up for it is uh, that I really focus on embracing your feminine essence or energy. And these are your right brain capabilities. It's things like intuition, space, flow, creativity, your menstrual cycle, as we're talking about today. It's all of these things. It's really getting you into a receiving mode rather than trying to action or logic your way to figuring out what you want to do with your life and what you're passionate about. So if you're interested in trying this other way, I am at the moment offering um, my one-to-one coaching services. I will also be launching a course shortly, which is going to touch on all of this. So stay tuned for that. And if you haven't subscribed to my newsletter, please make sure you do. If you want to stay up to date with all of my latest content, 
news and offerings. Now is the time. And as I mentioned in my last episode, I'm very excited to be announcing soon an opportunity for someone, some lovely person out there to win a coaching series with me. And I'll be sharing the details of that in an upcoming newsletter. So if you haven't yet subscribed to my weekly newsletter, please uh, do that at www.letitiaringe.com forward slash subscribe. And in the meantime, come and hang out with me on Instagram at create a life that is beautiful or on Facebook at Letitia Ringe. I've been doing a lot more um, Instagram and Facebook lives recently just on topics that I feel uh, called to share about. So you can still find some of those over on my Facebook account. And I also let you know of when they're going to be on in my newsletter and give you an opportunity to watch the replay. So there's another reason to sign up to my newsletter and you can join me next Tuesday to talk more about some of the issues raised in today's episode. Okay, guys, have a wonderful week and I'll see you next week for another episode to help you unlock your truth and purpose. Bye. 